0: Thank you for viewing our channel, our Christian walk. My name is Donnie, and please be patient as I learn to do videos and get used to being in front of the camera. I will cover many topics such as apologetics and theology, we can grow together in our understanding of scripture, being civilized in disagreement, and having fun with each other's views. So let's get started with something that has haunted me for many years, to the point lately that I had to do an expose the preaching of it and how false and unbiblical it really it really is. So let's get started. Some of you probably heard this you know, in your church or growing up. Maybe you're in one of those churches who do this that want decisions for Jesus and you're only three or four or five years old. So, I didn't grow up with this kind of teaching. Not directly. So, I was at a church. I was sitting in class. And we were doing prayer requests and praise, praises for God, praise to God for whatever happened. Now, this was my third church I had attended I actually took membership and left the church then came back a year or so later hoping to help grow the church but they never got a preacher so you know I ended up leaving because how can you recommend a church without a pastor and everybody they brought in there was just fruit loopy anyways but anyways, they were talking about some kid at another church or something. It was mentioned that there was some praise for a child, and that child said the prayer. And I'm like, in my mind, like, I never heard that. I've heard about it, and it just really puzzled me. I didn't say anything. It caught me off guard, and I'm just digesting that being said. So I know when God saves us, we would call on the name of the Lord but it isn't a prayer that saves us, but it is Christ alone. I know what the person meant, sort of, but in context, the person leading the class at that time wasn't even biblical in how he led people to Christ. Now, he would probably agree with me and think thank me for my evangelism I do and not even believe we evangelize different. In his mind, we meant the same thing, even though by dictionary standards, we didn't he would believe the term letting Jesus into your heart as the same as repentance and faith in Christ as the same even though letting Jesus in your heart isn't even in the Bible and the word let seems to read as though we can control if Jesus can save us or not and that's a big debate among people but I hold that Jesus will save you when it is time to save you, so in reality, the churches who retranslates the Bible to make it easier to teach kids or even adults their main goal is not to offend people with words like repent and hell" and even you know confronting them with their sins, and to me, they are stealing from the people who they are talking to just like the Catholic Church was when they were hiding the Bible in Latin, and only the priests and such could tell what Scripture meant. So with that being said, we should look at the fruits of a young child that Christ saves. If saying the prayer worked, we shouldn't just sit back and treat it like, oh, he's just a child. We should see growth from a child in bearing fruit with repentance. we can't lead a child to pray. It's the Holy Spirit that would lead that. So, you know, with this first verse is why we should use the 10 commandments to bring conviction of sin. Galatians 3:24 Therefore, the law has become our schoolmaster under Christ that we may be justified by faith. So they must have used the law to bring that chi- bring the children to knowledge of their sins, such as lying and stealing, dishonoring of their parents, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So John 16, 8, and he, the Holy Spirit, when he comes will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So, we have to have sin preached to bring conviction, and the Holy Spirit convicts concerning sin. If we don't preach on sin, how, why would the Holy Spirit convict? At some point, you may not hear sin being preached, but people do can get convicted prior to hearing about their sin from someone else. Even by bad preaching, it can happen. So when when a person saved, it's not happy, joy, joy, yay. There is later on, but here in Second Corinthians seven nine, I now rejoice not because you were made sorrowful, but because you were sorrowful to repentance. For you were made were made to have godly sorrow. So that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. For godly sorrow produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world brings to death. So worldly sorrow is, I'm sorry at that time for what I did, but not really. I will go back to my sin. Over and over. Back into the world like before. Nothing changes. So here's an example we find and anyone we talk to who have been born again knows this feeling that David had in Psalms 15.4 Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified when you speak and appear when you judge. So David knew he sinned against God and sin- and God himself God alone so we should have that conviction on ourselves after we're even saved you know repenting to God about our sins but here's the problem we don't see this fruit We see the fruit of bad evangelism from the people proclaiming it. They keep using the same tactic over and over, it is corny as can be. The magical prayer doesn't work like they believe it to work, then shrug it off like the kids must have not meant it. Just like when the faith healers don't heal someone, they must not have had enough faith. You can't force a prayer on someone. Some of these children will grow up thinking they are saved when they are not and stomping all over the blood of Jesus. I have witnessed many of them. They all gave bad answers to why they are saved. Like they were baptized or they are a good person. One boy said to me, He only went to Baptist churches and pointed out the church he attended on the street I was out witnessing to him. I've been going to that same church, I've never seen him show up. Good luck finding a good Baptist church in my area. Most are borderline charismatic and don't care about what the Bible says in context. context. Ask them a question and they can't give a clear answer. Just read your Bible, they say. It's in there. Just read it all. It's all together. You'll you'll get it, and still continue to tell me I'm wrong on what I believe, even though I'm reading my Bible. And it's clear I read my Bible. I just want them to defend what they believe. If you ever listen to a lot of Paul Washer sermons, he hates the sinner's prayer. He was asked by somebody after he was saved if he said the prayer. You know, he was a child, new infant in Christ. It really confused him. It made him question his salvation, if he prayed correctly or not. So whoever came up with that, say the prayer. I hope they repented. I hate to be them when they face God on Judgment Day. Franklin Graham also does say the prayer, which he got from Billy, his dad. I don't remember where Billy got it from. I'm thinking Finney's pastor or something. I don't know. I'd have to look up the history. Anyways... A local pastor in my area learned from Franklin, which his ministry came to our town and trained the people. The, pra- the the pastor also snaps his fingers to get decisions. I would like to know what verse that is from. Probably a book of opinions, chapter 2. The snap works so well, my friend, was snapped out of, his, his, out of that church into mine. When I see that pastor, I will thank him for that. And you know with with my my friend coming to my church, he brought his family. they had a hard time adjusting because it was a charismatic kind of emotional singing, and the girls had a hard time. The wife had a hard time, but three months later, his daughter said to him, "Hey, we're actually hearing hearing about the Bible now because my pastor does expository preaching." Verse by verse, chapter by chapter. So you learn a lot of scripture. I actually had a friend, my wife's friend, come to our church. That She was in one of the mega churches in my area. Left because of some, some really bad things happened in that church. And she visited. She came to our class. She came to service a few times. And she said, "I know why you come to these classes. Why you come to this church. It's mechanical. It's all put together. It's finally weaved together with scripture and Christ." And you know, my pastor had spoke about you know the, about the heart being deceitful, and she never heard that. And that's, you know, she didn't hear that because her pastor does topical preaching to fit everybody else's views rather than going verse by verse, chapter by chapter. They don't want to do that. That's a lot of homework. And they're trying to keep people numbers in their church. So... There are all kinds of misuse ways to get decisions that aren't biblical at all. So I want to touch on them. I can't remember them all. If some of you ever join this channel, give ideas, comment and comment below. So the altar call is one. In itself, it isn't so bad, but the churches can get carried away with it and turn it into an idol. You know, I've heard stories where church members have gotten mad because a pastor didn't do altar call. Churches can get into it so much they tried their hardest to get people to come forward by playing on emotions with sad music and friends pushing others to come forward. I have a friend that wants nothing to do with religion since then. He said he tried Jesus and then walked away from him. The altar, you know, and the altar in the Bible was about bringing your sacrifice in the old testament i hadn't it's nowhere in the new testament like they treat it you know the altar call in my third church was for group prayer and even some repenting of sin or somebody who wanted to come forward and get for counseling it never got chaotic and you know my 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 pastor at the time preached the gospel correctly. And, you know, he didn't do expository preaching. He did topical, but he still preached the gospel. Most churches don't do that, and I'm thankful for that pastor. Me and him street evangelized. I learned door-to-door evangelism because I couldn't invite people to church. It's just something I couldn't do. So I, I finally figured out how to do door-to-door evangelism. I had not done it for a long time. I really don't like doing it i'll do it if our church goes and do it i i really should do it just start going down the road and knocking on doors and witnessing right there at the door done it many many times still surprised this day that i even pull it off nobody shut the door in my face like most people think that happened and it doesn't people are open about spiritual things more than you think nobody got offended. I've only offended a few people since 2011 when I was saved. So people are missing out on the evangelism. So not all altar calls are that bad. But, you know, we need to be careful about them. If I had church, I wouldn't have them. Just so we wouldn't get caught up in them. There's no biblical standard for it. People get mad. I don't care. Because God wants to save somebody, He can save them right where they're at, at their pew, in their car, in the bathroom. You know, because Hebrews twelve two, it's a favorite verse of mine. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. He will save, save them and keep them. He's the author. He wrote the book on it. He'll finish it all the way to their death and carry them right into heaven. They're well, not going to carry them. I don't know. What's going on? They're just going to go to heaven. Okay, here's another one. Making a decision for Jesus. This is pushed by many churches and this is is without repentance of sin. Sin isn't preached. They assume they repented of their sins or something. I don't know what they're thinking. Then they repent of re- legalism because sin didn't go over then they get into legalism on what sin is. Then it gets completely chaotic and they end up falling away. And then they're really focused on their decision that they made for Christ. People really get mad when you say you Making a decision for Jesus isn't biblical. You you don't find that scripture. There, there's no decision making. So. And you know. There's people who probably did repent. And, and, and God saved them. Despite of their decision. And the Holy Spirit. Guided them on scripture. On sin. You know that that can happen. You know, a, a pastor, a friend of mine, screenshot a pastor's testimony from, from from social media, and he claimed he was a Christian. If I re- remember this right, it's something like this: he was a Christian for t- claimed t- twenty years a Christian, but he said, but actually he was saved five years ago. And a Pastor the whole time, and when he came to the point of not focusing on his decision and put faith in Christ alone, that's when he was saved. And that's when he got peace, when we, when we put faith in Christ, not in our decision. You know, the Holy Spirit convicts you you to repent and believe so if you are focused on your decision let the scripture correct you don't get mad at other people for being biblical humble yourself we're supposed to be humbled you know, I expect people to be humble and, You know, in the comments if I ever get any and even when I was on social media I was expecting the people to be humble but they weren't they're calling themselves Christians getting mad at me so here's one problem, another one, e- emotionalism, which I mentioned earlier, where they play on emotions with sad music. Why chance making a false convert to get a decision by playing emotions, playing on the emotions? Why, why, why play music? Why do that to people? Why not have faith in the Holy Spirit to bring the emotion of conviction with godly sorrow? what's wrong with that why why worried about numbers so you know what what's going on here in the churches is that that we don't have faith in the gospel which in turn don't have faith in and then don't have faith in the father son and holy spirit to do their job when they want to save or they don't want to save i mean just be patient and wait let that fruit grow. It's not our job to save anyone, but let the word of God do it, do its thing. Let God, let God let them know they are saved. Don't let them know they are saved. They'll know they're saved. The church needs to get back to pure Scripture in context and preach it. Topical preaching, in in itself, it's not so bad. It's kind of like what I'm doing now. I'm kind of topical preaching. I'm Just hitting on some heresies of the church. But, I mean, using sparingly, if used for biblical topics and used to get their agenda across, it, it's bad. When the, the topical preaching, all the time the church misses out on scripture that the pastor doesn't do expository on. They miss out. And there's a lot of church members are against biblical views because their pastor told them to be against them but rather than going over the scripture for that view and letting them just decide for example people like to believe they have free will and it's fu- and that's fine but those people don't like the ones who don't but believe we don't have free will and they won't take take the time to hear the standard for believing that i can respect the pentecostal belief on tongues somewhat But I also disagree with it mainly. I believe the tongues in Scripture are talking about is an actual language. I have some Pentecostal friends and they know I disagree with them. Their understanding is based more on their experience rather than context. The fruit that comes from tongues can be bad. And I'll hit on that topic on a later video. Baptism. People believe it saves them rather than christ saving them their whole foundation is water and that is all they talk about and you know with baptism just like in the old testament there were representations of christ such as the animal sacrifices which couldn't save anybody but it was a shadow of christ those representations didn't make them any more holy than before we don't see the fruits of the spirit coming out of the ones who claim baptism saves Jesus does save does the saving because the Holy Spirit baptized them and made them holy baptism water baptism doesn't make a person holy the same way doing any other work you just you don't see the fruit coming from that you would expect out the baptizing but you do see the fruit coming out of people who are really saved you know the fruits of the spirit love, joy, peace but you know people have been saved in these situations not because of the situation but despite of the situation Christ saved them they could actually heard the gospel before and the preaching could have been the icing on the cake to bring bring them it could have been bad preaching and Christ can use bad preaching to save people my wife for example heard the gospel a decade before being saved she heard it on the street and she met met me and we married and I saved and I was saved in 2011 and later she was saved in 2012 I kept slipping slipping the hell's best kept secret C D in her C D player in the car and eventually Christ saved her. So a seed can be planted and slowly grow as a seed should grow to have strong roots. So, you know, we, we should get just get back to scripture and proclaim the gospel show a sinner their sin by the Ten Commandments. You know, Matthew five, Sermon on the Mount. So they can see how sinful they really are, and they're not a good person, like Jesus said they weren't. They're not a good person, and and, you know Jesus died on the cross for their sins, and and to repent and put their faith in Christ. You know Jesus died on died on the cross, raised on the third day, and defeated death for us. So you know it'd be awesome. This world would be in a better place. The church would be better off. We would have that revival whereby once. Because if we're praying for revival, we better be praying for reformity in the church back to scripture. In context. And not making our own. Well, this is my second video. Thanks for listening. I hope to grow with you all in learning, because writing these, typing these up, and collecting information really helps me to grow in Christ, and I hope to get my video editing better. May y'all, you know, I'm hoping to get more creative and better software and just use what I got. If not, just keep it simple. And you all have a nice day. Pray for me to grow and be more like Christ.